Um, we've, uh, we're going to kick off the day um, talking about baptism, what that means to us, and, uh, and uh, hear from a few people who are getting baptized today and open it up to anybody who wants to take the plunge. Um, but let me pray as we get into this. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. And uh, God, right now, I just ask that you prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us. Um, this is not religion. This is not repetition. Um, and we thank you for reminding us daily of the relationship that you long for with us. And would you fill my mouth as I open it? Would it bring freedom and healing in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Cool. I, I, we've got a um, baptisms first. Um, and is it okay if I just read a lot of the Bible? Is that Okay. The Bible's the best preacher. I don't know if you guys realize that yet. I think it's so funny when people can't receive because the preacher is not good. And I'm like, did you realize that they were using the scripture and that will always bring, set you free? <laughs> no one agrees. Cool. <laughs> um, we're going we're to talk about baptism. I got two handwritten notes today, which is like, I feel like that's like extra merit points in heaven when you handwrite your notes. And, and you got two of them, like... Uh, just kidding, guys. Come on. Um, but in, in baptism, which I, I'm always so excited about because it's this, this, this physical display, this display in front of our eyes. We call it going public. It's a public declaration of something that's happening on the inside of us. And uh, I love what it says and it proclaims. It's that I once was dead and now I'm alive. It's the symbolism of the water when you are dunked. You go under the water. You leave your old life behind. And you come out as a new creation. And uh, what, I, what I think is funny is this word priorities. You guys ever use that word priorities? You got to get your priorities straight. But you know that the word priority was never meant to be plural? The word priority, actually, we just made up the word priorities in about 1940 um, because our lives started to get busy and we started to have kind of compartments to our lives. And so in about 1940, if you, if you look up the trend of this word priorities, it skyrockets because people had to justify like their lives and how busy they were. And so they said, I have priorities. But really the word priority just meant one singular focus. Priority, the main thing. The main thing is the main thing. So you have a priority. And uh, what, what I love about having one main thing, as I've said this before, when you, when you have one big yes, it means that you have a million little no's. And so in our relationship with Jesus, we make it the priority. It's the main thing. And everything else comes around that and beyond that. And I'm just going to read through some scripture about the importance and the urgency of baptism in the early church. And uh, I, I'm going to read plenty of scripture here and just kind of go through some accounts in the early church, if that's okay. If that's okay, say amen. Amen. And uh, we're going to start in Acts chapter 8. I don't have slides for these. I'm just going to speed through them so we get the point here. Um, in Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 6, um, there's an encounter um, with uh, Philip and, uh, sorry, Simon the sorcerer. So we're going to go in verse 6. Uh, sorry, I'm going to start in verse 4. Philip in Samaria. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. This is fun. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. Bring it on. So there was great joy in that city. Verse 9, now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery. 
in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, here it is, they were baptized. Both men and women, how awesome is this? Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. So what we can gather from that story is there's not necessarily a description of the content that was preached by Philip, but somewhere in his message of the gospel, somewhere in his good news message, there was baptism because their immediate response was, may we get baptized. And then continuing on into verse 26 through 40, um, this is still Philip says this, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak as his, of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him, but went away on his, on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. And... Um, Again, something in Philip's message when he explains the gospel is it's synonymous with baptism. And one time I was at Andrini's coffee shop, and he, uh, and he shout out to Andrini's, Shyla, making your coffee. Yeah, I saw Sage there the other day doing her homework. I post up their sign because sometimes I get more work done out of the office than in the office. You know how that works? Because like Whitney, it's pretty much just because of Whitney I have to go out of the office. And uh, I'm just kidding. Whitney, you make work worth it. Um, and, uh, so I was there at one time, this was probably eight years ago or so, and, and, uh, I, I was at the table with my friend Aaron and this other guy, won't say his name, and this other guy started asking us questions, like a similar situation. Can you explain to me what you guys are reading? We were reading the scripture and just having a little bit of a Bible study, and this guy, just like, it's like we we're living in the Bible, man, imagine that. He said, can I be baptized? I said, yeah, sure. And so we went down to the creek in Arroyo Grande, and we stood there, and what little water there was in the creek, we baptized this guy, and uh, there was an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and his life was changed forever. And so it still happens today, but this, the thing is here is that there's an urgency about it. It's like so, sometimes we think that baptism is separated, this new life encounter, this experience of coming out of the, out of the water separate from just confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart. And we're going to continue on in Scripture talking about the urgency of baptism. We're going to go on to chapter 9, 
and where, where Paul, Saul was converted. I won't go into the whole story, but Saul was persecuting Christians, um, even to the point of witnessing the death of Stephen in Acts chapter 7 and holding the jackets of those who were accusing him. And Saul had an incredible encounter, and the Lord spoke to a man named Ananias to go and remind Saul who he really was, and the Lord changes him to Paul. But what happened in the middle is that Saul um, had an encounter for three days, and the Bible says that he didn't eat for three days. And so in light of Saul not eating for three days, we pick up in verse um, 16, and Ananias is saying, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name, which is heavy, right? Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, as you are coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fall, fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. Here it is. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And so Saul had not eaten for three days, has an encounter with the Lord. And first, before eating, how many know when you haven't eaten for three days, default response, get yourself some food if you can, right? But his default response before he ate food was to be baptized. He got up, was baptized, and then he ate. Continuing on to chapter 16, um, this is Paul and Silas in prison, and they see revival break out in a prison. I'm just going to pick up in, in, in verse um, 33. Um, it's talking about how the jailer was set free. At that hour of the night, we're saying this is about 3 a.m., um, Paul and Silas had just um, Pray, the church prayed, they're released from prison, and they're with the jailer. They go to his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and his whole family. So this jailer's offering hospitality to uh, someone who contributed to his life change. And before they go in and take a meal, they decide they need to get baptized. The urgency a baptism is synonymous with the gospel message. And then going on to chapter 22, as we land the plane here on the big why, Paul is giving his testimony, and uh, he, he's sharing with this group of people what happened to him. And in verse 14, he says this, Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. It's true for you today. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And then he says this, now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away by calling on his name. Backtracking, Acts chapter 2. Peter is addressing the multitudes. And uh, he, he gives this incredible message. And in verse 37, it says this, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And that day, there was 3,000 people who were added to the church, and we think of them just coming to a building, but those 3,000 people were baptized. Isn't that cool to think about? I, I know you hear talk about this often, but... We see the redemptive purpose of maybe Pirate's Cove and Shell Beach. That maybe, maybe, maybe God designed that beautiful stretch of coastline with, with amphitheater style to be a place of mass baptism. I know right now it's a nudie beach. <laughs> that doesn't sound like God to me. I think his redemptive plan for that place is to be um, 
blameless. Can you go there with me? Naked in his sight, back restored to the first love, that first shameless appearance before the heavenly father. And so in that place, I think we're going to see mass baptism at some point. 3,000 people were baptized. And so why was this response? Because the apostles um, remember the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, when he says, behold, all authority has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is incredibly near to the heart of the Father. And uh, we have to ask, why was this so important in the early church? Why do we see the urgency? Why did they get baptized before they ate? Why was it synonymous with their message to immediately be baptized? Because back then, becoming a Christian was a big deal. I think it is now. I think becoming a Christian is a big deal. We, I, I, I opened this talk speaking of priority, and sometimes we think that we can have Jesus as an accessory along the ride of our lives, somehow clinging to our old life and still existing just with him journeying with us. But the reality was is that with baptism, your old life is dead, and your new life has come. I'm read Romans 6 out of the, the message version, it's put beautifully. It says this in verse uh, uh, six, uh, chapter 6, verse 1. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life and a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the waters like the burial of Jesus, when we are raised up out of the waters like the resurrection of Jesus, each of us is raised into a light-filled world where, by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life no longer at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this, if we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way, sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Isn't that beautiful? That's what baptism is. It's, it's a symbolism. Again, we don't practice necessarily religion or just things out of repetition or routine. We believe, though, that there are Christian practices, disciplines that are incredibly important as symbolism for the miracles that are taking place. We don't necessarily worship um, songs. We worship the author of songs. We don't necessarily worship the scripture. We worship the author of scripture. We don't necessarily worship rituals. We worship what is behind the rituals. And so in baptism, the water is just symbolic for life change, that you were once dead and now you're alive, which is a beautiful privilege. Would you agree? And um, so here's the deal. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 says this, repent, turn to God. Times of refreshing will come. 
Verse 20 says this, and then he will assign the Messiah to you. (laughs) He will assign the Messiah to you. And what we like to do every time we do baptisms is, is open it up. We used to do a class, which I think is still, still valuable, but you just heard the class. And in the sound, under the sound of my voice and the release of the gospel, the good news that God himself was reconciling the world and he sent his only son Jesus to live a perfect sinless life, God in flesh, fully God, fully man, misunderstood, accused, beaten, bloodied, forsaken, hung on a cross, so on the other side of that, he could have the joy of relationship with us, paying the consequence of sin and death, so it would be done forever, and then in the grave for three days, rose again, so that he would make intercession at the right hand of the Father on our behalf. That's good news. (laughs) But that message requires a response. It's repentance. See, what repentance means is simply turning around. Super simple. I love Rebecca's illustration she gave recently. She said, I I asked one time for a revelation from God of what repentance really looks like. And it looked like this, that I was headed the wrong way on a freeway. I was headed against traffic. And it wasn't a long way back. All I simply had to do is turn around and and flow on with the traffic. That's all it means is turn around. (laughs) It's simple. See, some people think when they've walked away from the Lord, they journeyed for so long in sin and death and destruction that I, I get the term backslidden, but I don't agree with it because backslidden gives this image that you somehow stumbled down to the bottom of a mountain, and to get back to God, you have to climb your way back up. It's not biblical. Repent is to just turn around, change your mind. It's not an ascent back to God. It's actually a descent to your knees. <laughs> I changed my mind. That's all it means. I changed my mind. And here's the promise that times of refreshing would come. That you'd find life, wholeness, a new reality, a born-again experience, new creation. And so I'm going to invite those, the three who have signed up to be baptized up to the stage. But while, while I do that, just in your boldness in response to the message that you've just heard, there, there, you may not have signed up. You can be baptized today. The, the, the water's ready. God's ready with open arms. See, if you want to respond to the gospel and just say, you know what, today I'm repenting, I'm turning, and I want to experience this new life. Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe you haven't made a conscious decision to recognize the reconciliation and redemption of God in your life. Is there anyone this morning with just with a heart burning and a need to respond that would say, I want to get baptized. If that's you, would you, would you come up and join me on the stage? The message is out there. You want to get baptized today. Some, Lene signed up to get baptized. Hunter and, and Lily, if you guys want to come. These, these guys have, are getting baptized today. But there, is there anybody else who wants to join these? We've got a towel for you. Anybody? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Come on. Anybody else today that, that wants to make that decision to be baptized? Old, old life done away with, new life has come. Anybody else? We'll wait.
Awesome. You can come down this way. Is there anybody else this morning? I'll give you a moment. It's a big deal. You got to ponder it. You got to count the cost. It's so worth it. Make the exchange today. <laughs> Make the exchange. Old life for a new one. Lily's responding. My daughter. Is there anybody else? I don't want to let this moment pass. Maybe you've been baptized. But it wasn't a conscious decision as an adult to say, take my life. I'm exchanging. Anybody else? Cool. I just feel like there's one more. No shame. Yeah. Awesome. That's our girl, Sage. <laughs> Their siblings, Sage, Hunter, and Lily, are all getting baptized today. Awesome. One more. Come on. Come on. We can make room. Is there anybody else today that would like to get baptized? You feel his presence? It's good. Anybody else? <laughs> cool. While we're we're talking for the next minute, if if you got to respond, it's it's open invitation. And uh, I just want to go through the row here and uh, just tell us your name. That's important because this is a family, and uh, why you're getting baptized today what this means for you personally. Is that cool? No offense, but this is the prettiest one up here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's my wife. You have to say that. <laughs> um, my name's Lene. And the last time, I, I had been baptized before, but it was in high school. So it was about 10 years ago. And I felt like at the time, I was kind of still living off my parents' faith and hadn't really come to know Jesus for myself. And so in my quiet time this week, I just felt like the Lord asked me to do this. And so I just wanted to do it out of obedience to him. So, yeah. Um, I'm Lily. My name's Colleen. Sorry. Um, I feel like everyone in their life just kind of reaches this point where, like, they know it's time. And for a while, I've known it's a time. Now is the perfect opportunity. 
My name is Hunter Tullis, and um, these past two years, I had a hard time figuring out what my identity was, who I am, um, and kind of what my purpose was. And at the beginning of this year, I developed a relationship with God, and I figured out who I am. I really did. So, uh, I'm Keith Howard. I've been baptized before. One when I was a baby, and then one about two years ago. I just want to do it again, just to uh, just to dedicate a new level of faith, faithfulness to him, and just a, a whole new level of um, just accepting what he's given me for free, and just and just showing him that uh, I, I want to come boldly to him. That's about it. Um, I'm Krista, and I've been baptized when I was probably in the eighth grade, and um, there was a time where. John had made the invitation before, and I felt very strongly to go out, but I was afraid to go out. And then today, as he's doing it, I wasn't going to do it again, and then he waited. <laughs> and God kept talking to me and saying, you just need to rededicate yourself to me. So I am totally rededicating my life to Jesus. My name is Sabrina, and... <laughs> finally just okay let it go do it turn a new leaf and just pray and be thankful and grateful for everything that he's done to me now and my family my name is Sage Tullis and I just think that God has been talking to me a lot um, I just think that today is the day and he just is telling me you can do it now, Sage. And he wanted me to get up on this stage and he was making my heart beat and I was like, Okay, I'm just gonna get up and do it. <laughs> He'll do that. He'll do that. Church, can we uh let's um Huddle in. We're going to pray. Dad, you want to join me? We pray after as well, but I just want to pray right now. Um, each time that, that I read in Scripture that someone was baptized, they were full of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I just ask that right now, God, you would prepare these vessels to receive in Jesus' name. God, as they are offering their lives in an exchange for a new one. Holy Spirit, would you meet them in a fresh way, in a new way? For those who are rededicating, God, I, I know the invitation is out there that you're, you're, you're knocking at the door, and God, hearts are saying, come in today. And God, I know that you're going to come in with fresh communion. Your presence is going to overwhelm. God, I silence all uh, 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 voices and accusations of who they were right now, and we say new life in Jesus' name, new life in Jesus' name, new life in Jesus' name. Thank you for your power. Thank you that your arm's never too short. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. You guys want to go get ready out back? Um, are you joining our party? Tell us who you are and why. Well, I was baptized when I was 18 years old, so... But, um, oh, Miss America, but you can call me <laughs> Kathy. 
Um, we've been taking this class, this women's class, on Tuesday nights. And my reasons for giving my life to the Lord wasn't sufficient because I didn't really understand who he was to me. And this class is wrecking my life and wrecking my heart. I can't function. <laughs> and I just want to rededicate my life back to him in the fullness of what I can give to him. I don't think he fully had my heart before, but he has it now. And so I'm understanding who he is to me, and that's why I'm doing this. Awesome. Awesome. We got someone else joining the party. <laughs> you tried. Name and why you're getting baptized. Um, just to make a public confession of my love for the Lord. I was baptized when I was five. He's always been there in my life, and I just, I feel so hungry for him. He has been downloading so many things that I just think this is just an added benefit. What's your name? Teresa. Awesome. Come on, can we celebrate that? 